This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Friday, December 1st, 2023, and it's good to be back in my Cape Elizabeth studio. Joining me by phone today to talk about state and national politics is Phil Harriman, former Republican state senator and now popular media commentator. I'm curious if Phil Harriman thinks my election insurance strategy using Maine's new open primary law, semi-open primary law, has legs that might fit nicely into Nikki Haley's five-inch heels. Welcome to the show, Phil Harriman. Thank you very much for being my guest. Oh, thanks for the invitation. My pleasure to be with you, Cynthia. Well, it's December 1st, so that means the countdown to Christmas has officially begun. And also, there's only 95 days until Super (laughs) Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Are you endorsing any candidate yet in the Republican primary? I haven't. No, I'm very curious to see how um, the events unfold with Trump's legal challenges. What's he got, like 90-something charges uh, against him? And (laughs) eager to see how those all play out, which I don't think are going to happen before Super Tuesday. But it'll be interesting to see what uh, type of effect those decisions, whichever way they go, has on his grip uh, on at least statistically, um, he's got a strong grip on the nomination. Yeah, I mean, all the polls really just show him uh, in the lead. But but there's there's a little glimmer of hope for people who are enthusiastic about Trump. And that is that Nikki Haley seems to have a little bit of momentum. And so I wanted to talk to you today about Nikki Haley and specifically um, Nikki Haley and Maine's new semi-open primary law are you do you know about this new law in maine that we're going to use for the first time in the primaries Uh, briefly as i understand it uh you can unenroll from your current party affiliation uh uh, within 15 days of the primary yeah I, i mean i didn't really follow this when it was in the legislature last year i just sort of came upon it but yeah that's how i understand it as well this for the first time if you are enrolled in one of Maine's, you know, four par- parties, you can unenroll at least, you know, more than 15 days before the primary and then on the primary day go in and, and just get the ballot of any party. So what I'm thinking of doing, and this is what I want to hear your opinion about, my idea is called election insurance for people who just don't want Trump, <laughs> whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an unenrolled or a Green. My idea is this, is that um, Democrats would unenroll, moderate Democrats like myself would unenroll and in March go in and vote for Nikki Haley in the primary and then come November, you know, have a choice. If Joe Biden, in, in my view, is still putting points on the board and and doing the things that he's doing, you know, the economy is going well, he's, he's taking a lead in diplomacy. I can I can vote for Joe Biden, but if the Republican wins, I know it's it's somebody good. What do you think of that idea? Well, I think you uh, strategically uh, make a lot of sense. Uh, you're uh, creating an opportunity to assure that uh, if for some reason your man Biden is isn't uh, electable or up to the task, that the the vote that you cast in the Republican primary gives you a candidate that you might be able to. Uh, support. Uh, What comes to my mind, and maybe this is because you and I have spent so much time understanding public policy and campaigns in Maine, uh, I I can see, (laughs) I can see another 
a source of energy that would have Democrats unenroll in in the the party and go vote for Trump in the Republican primary and then re-enroll in the Democrat party, hoping uh, that there are so many never-Trumpers out there that Biden has Ooh. a better chance of winning. Oh, that's a dangerous strategy in my view. Well, <laughs> I do too, dangerous but the, I, I think these opportunities, Cynthia, for people to manipulate uh, you know what, what is supposed to be a party nomination process well that's and, what I was wondering about so, so is it sort of offensive to you that I would do that because I actually like like I so my feeling is that like Nikki Haley would be a great president you know what I mean so it's not with so much you know like a negative approach more just like I think Nikki Haley would be a great president but but is yeah, it kind I, of offensive I, I to you? I see it that way too. I think she, she has the pedigree of being a UN ambassador. She was a former governor of South Carolina. She obviously has uh, some experience in national uh, um, influence and state influence. And uh, I love the fact that she's a woman. It would be great to have our first woman president. Uh, all of those things make a lot of sense to me. But uh, I don't understand how... The Democrats feel that Joe Biden is the one to represent them, and Republicans feel that Trump is the one to represent them, and they both seem to have uh, a lot of bags to carry. Yeah, they sure do. I just can't help but think that there's um, that there's a glimmer of hope for Nikki Haley on the Republican side, like, but I could, you know, obviously be reading the, the cards wrong, but... I mean, the, the Koch brothers came out just this week um, behind her. Jamie Dimon, I guess, a J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, do, do you think that these big kind of endorsements for, for Nikki Haley actually kind of hurt her with, with, the, with the Trump base? Or, or do you think it's helpful for her to get these, these big, you know, big people behind her? Yeah, I, I think it is helpful because that's going to be a source of fuel for her campaign. I don't know how it transfers to, you know, the streets of Yarmouth, Maine or Fort Fairfield, Maine. Or, I, I don't think there's a, a voter in Maine or perhaps you know, anywhere in the country who says, oh, the Koch brothers are behind Nikki Haley. That's all I needed to hear to go vote for her. But I, I do think that support is going to help her campaign uh, continue to have the, the energy and the talent that it needs to keep her campaign message going. Do you have any inside information about who Senator Collins is endorsing? I don't. I I know she's on the record as uh, saying she's not uh, supporting Trump, but I've not heard her um, indicate who among the other candidates she would want to get behind. In fact, I'm going to be seeing her, uh, I think, uh, at an event in Bangor tomorrow. So... I'll try to find out for you. Oh, that would be great. So let's just say let's just say I'm successful in 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 convincing. Like uh, uh, I'm I'm imagining there's a lot of women in suburban towns like mine who who really um, just want someone good. You know, I look back to 2012 when it was Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, and 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 I didn't have like a high level of anxiety that year. Well, I had my own personal race going on, but but in terms of I felt like well, no matter who wins, it would be okay. You know that we'd have a good person. And so that's how I feel a lot of people would feel if Nikki Haley was was the candidate. So let's just say I'm successful in convincing enough people to and and Nikki Haley is successful herself in winning the main primary. Do you think 
that could make a difference. Like how many delegates does Maine typically have in, in the national scene? I don't know the exact number. I, I should because I was uh, a delegate at one point to the Republican convention back in uh, the uh, Bush era. Um, I, I do think uh, if Nikki Haley can early on pull uh, some victories in the primary process, that could create the the avalanche of momentum that, that any candidate needs going into the, the national convention. There needs to be uh, some excitement and gathering and growing support rather than limping into the convention and having two candidates or three candidates with no clear uh, path to victory trying to nominate someone for the the November election. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so exciting to see what happens in New Hampshire and Iowa, um, and then obviously South Carolina. I mean, I think if she can build momentum in, in New Hampshire right now, she's in second. And, and so just getting back to whether Maine can make a difference, it seems to me if it's a very, very tight race in, at, you know, or a very tight delegate contest at the national level, all of these little elections ultimately will make a difference. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so what, what's, I'm also just curious if you think that this group, uh, no labels, I mean, there's a lot of talk about whether or not these third party platforms and organizations would help the Democrats or the Republicans. What's your feeling about that, Phil? Yeah, I I was encouraged. In fact, I was invited to be part of the conversation, and I I didn't get the impression that they had a clear vision and and the um, tactics and strategies to be a player in in the conversation of who the nominees are. And it just seems to me that when you say no labels it makes you think of well what do you stand for i know it's confusing to me and maybe maybe you can give me some of your insight as to how they are how effective they are and really what they're trying to accomplish yeah you know i can't really give you any insight i share though your 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 feeling about just the name is such a debbie downer i mean it just doesn't inspire any kind of um vision of 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 what they stand for but um, what I think about no labels is that I I applaud the effort to try to get as many people in the fold. But what I especially liked about it was that Joe Biden could care less, or at least he, I think that's why people like Joe Biden is because rather than come out angry against it or say something nasty, he basically says to his friend Joe Lieberman, you know, sure, go for it. Good luck. You know, he's not threatened by it. So if Joe Biden is not threatened by no labels, I'm not threatened by it. But at the same time, I'm not inspired by it. Mm, yeah, yeah, I see it the same way. I, I, I don't even know where their uh, uh, central location and messages. No, no, I don't either. Do you think it's could it ever be possible in the United States to have a ticket with, like, say, Joe Biden at the top and Nikki Haley as the vice president? Like, do you think the, the people who are trying to get at at the center and trying to bring you know, more people in and, and, and fight off the extremes on both sides. Do you, do you see that ever happening? Boy, I, I, my, it would be a, a dream of America come true for, from my perspective. I, I think what's happened in our country, and it goes back to the Bush-Clinton uh, election where George Bush had this overwhelming lead, and I think 
Bill Clinton in his heart said, well, I'm, I'm going to be the party nominee and I'll make a good showing and then I'll, I'll be in a better position to get elected when um, Bush's uh, second term is over. And he won. <laughs> he won, which, you know, is part of American history. That's pretty remarkable to take out an incumbent president with that level of popularity. And especially and, given all Clinton's baggage. It, yeah, but he never stopped campaigning. And then George W. came along. He never stopped. Barack never. They, the, the candidates never stopped campaigning. And it, I think it goes uh, over to the House and the Senate. They never put down the campaign signs and roll up their sleeves and work together as Mainers and Americans. And so today, it seems to me, Cynthia, it's my reelection first my party power position second and we the people uh, third and that's what's got to change in my view in order for something like a biden haley uh, 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 candidacy to be successful yeah i i, I think you're right and i also th- think that even though it's impossible what what would need to change is somehow taking some of the hot air out of these special interest groups that just run on you know like you said it's just constant campaigning well there's so many people who have as a cottage industry just a campaign you know shtick where they just these these groups they're just constantly looking for a cause and raising money and i think they they they, they spoil the waters a little bit well, Phil, I, I won't take too much more of your time, but before we close, is there anything that gives you any hope on the horizon on, in the political scene, whether it's national or state, from your uh, view? I'm, I hope that uh, people who have an interest in, in public service can can see uh, across the spectrum, whether it's uh, the governor in Maine or whoever's the next president, uh, uh, leaders in Congress, they're, by and large, they're time has come and it's almost gone and so there is in my view an opportunity for the next generation of political leaders to get ready there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people who want to um, have the opportunity to lead there's plenty of openings on the horizon (laughs) yeah there sure is Uh, there's There certainly is. Well, Phil Harriman, thank you so much for joining the show. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. All right. Take care. All the best.